0: morning everybody it is the big fat podcast we got the the regular crew in here today but we also have mr ron van hoosier i've been here hey ron i uh i've been practicing on your name how was that that was perfect
1: that was perfect (laughs) i always tell people you know just think of the indiana hoosiers everybody knows that right spelt a little different but van hoosier and you got it just right
0: ah well great i always try to take a, a good stab at people's names and and uh, everything else so we did talk before a little bit Ron but uh, and I found that we had some we had some similarities that we both kind of you know were transplants to Montana that we both came into to to be Montanans to out Montanan the Montanans absolutely I actually moved here in 2007 when did when did you move here
1: uh, I bought here in
0: 2016
1: oh okay a little, little sooner but yeah or a little newer yeah
0: what was it, why did you, why did, what, like, what zeroed you in on where you wanted to, to settle down here?
1: Well, we, we came up here to, to, to visit, to just kind of check things out, uh-huh. um, and uh, I had a friend that I worked with, actually, who, uh, who went to school in Billings and went to school in Bozeman, did some hunting in this area, had some family in this area, and he told me about it, so I came, checked it out, and loved it, really yeah. liked it, loved the rural nature, loved the conservative nature, Yeah. and... Uh, yeah, I uh I retired early, left everything behind and came out of here.
0: Perfect. Yep. That had to be um I don't know, moving out here, it, it's a t- whole different speed, a whole different Oh yeah. change of pace. Oh yeah. And um maybe for some people that would drive them crazy. For me, me I I did love the change of pace. I was dealing with Las Vegas and I uh I don't know, coming up here, it was it was I don't it just seemed like a whole different change of pace. Was the change of pace hard for you, or did you embrace it?
1: No, I, t- I embraced it totally. But I'll tell you what, I uh, last place I was at, I grew up uh, all over. Well, I grew up in Southern California when it was once rural back in the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. Uh, but the last place I lived was in the Bay Area, which was absolute nuts. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing was uh, the area that I had that I was responsible for with the company I worked for was all of pretty much Northern California. Everything San Francisco, Sacramento, that line north. Yeah, and so that's beautiful I, country. Yeah, and I spent, uh, I was driving out three thousand miles a month out in the field, so I spent most of my time in the rural areas, and uh, I lived in a in a great little home, uh, old ranch home built in the fifties on a third of an acre, which which there in the Bay Area was like a huge ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you, as soon as I I uh, like on the weekend or something, if I had to go anywhere, uh, just white knuckles on the wheel, and you know it yeah. was yeah didn't like it but uh certainly my work week was was typically out there out there rural yeah and so uh certainly coming here uh was able to do that every day you know and uh it was good
0: do you ha- do you have any kids i had i know i don't think yeah. i ever
1: two, kids. two uh, kids both uh live out of state uh, my son still lives in california he's 39 oh wow and uh yeah my daughter is 36 and she lives down in texas she was actually in billings for a while uh her and her husband and uh uh, they were trying to make ends meet and just couldn't get good work, and so they ended up moving down to Texas, and, and he, uh-huh. he found some work, and so he's down there. Yeah.
0: All oh, right, and on down there.
1: It's we're it's, it's kind of tough. Texas. Uh, just north of Conroe, or north of, north of uh, Houston in the Conroe oh. area. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: And my daughter's down in uh, Midland okay Texas. Yeah.
1: So, yeah yeah uh went down there this past fall and visited a little bit that's kind of a bummer the grandkids being so far away my son yeah uh has a child in california and so that's obviously pretty far texas is a good little jaunt but yeah yeah
3: yeah wow cody you're kind of quiet over there what's going on my man i'm just listening i was just uh thinking that we're headed to texas my sister-in-law had moved there and so we're headed down there but i she's moving from houston to amarillo i believe I mean, no. that, that texas is has blown up too like california yeah. oh it it's, is it's booming
0: down there up. yeah, yeah. It is huge, it's huge everybody's moved a lot so many people are moving yeah. toward texas yeah and uh, i don't think it's just for the weather
2: what's going on in texas that everybody's moving there for i have no idea why i just don't uh, yeah i don't know people I, going
0: uh, I think freedom
3: yeah, this, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I yeah. guess that
2: that's a big one. I,
3: th- I have to say, it's a lot bigger. I was different than I was expecting Texas to be. I mean, there's obviously the big cities. Yeah, but there's, but a, there's lot a lot of rule. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So I lived you, there
2: for seven years, north of uh, Dallas, so Dennis and Sherman by Lake Texoma, which is a huge mm-hmm, lake, mm-hmm. gorgeous. It's so pretty in the yep. spring, summer, tons of trees. Um, so if you're gonna live anywhere in Texas, there the humidity's. Atrocious, uh, yeah. but you get used to it. But it's gorgeous there in that area. I loved it. I loved living in there. Our uh,
3: former CEO lives lives there, and I was thinking, you know, I'd actually messaged him and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna be in your area. I think I might stop and say hi." Yeah. And uh, anyway. Yeah. But he lives in that area that you're talking about, and so yeah, it's pretty. Um, I don't know directly. I don't know it enough to be able to specifically say it.
2: But even those areas, I've been told, like Denison, so much hasn't grown because they've been it's a historic town so they like capped it like you can't really grow that i don't know how that all works but sherman they said you wouldn't even recognize it it's just blown up so much yep
1: yeah. it's uh, the the urban sprawl there is just going nuts
2: yeah and it yeah. was already where you like you leave plano enter Mc- you know mckinney plano and it was just in town like that all the way through dallas you know
3: i grew up in the suburbs of salt lake and it's not going back it is a different world
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, look at look what's ago. happening here. You look at Billings. Yeah. Look at look at it. I mean, it's exploding down there and, and it it's, is. it's moving west. Yeah. You know, uh, all that building going on west of Billings, uh, Park City, you know, here's a bedroom community, you know, now for Billings. You yeah. Know? And uh, and, not,
0: and so much of it is people moving in. It's not just the people that are growing up and, you know, hey, want to raise their kids here because they grew up here. A lot of it. Some of it is that but so much of it is transplants coming in here, yep. finding what's attractive here versus where they where they were. Yep. So much of that is going on. And I think in the last couple of years, when we dealing with COVID and things like that, people are like, hey, I don't have to, now that there's a shift at work and I don't got to go to work, I can work from home. And uh, we're, we're seeing that influx here. Yeah. I think COVID has really blown things up because of just some of the heavy restrictions in places
1: like California, Washington, that you know, they just, they they didn't want to deal with that, and it wasn't as bad here. And yeah. so, uh, you know, people are coming out this way. I am mean, hearing people are
0: buying houses sight unseen.
2: Oh, you know, yeah, or way above asking price. Yeah. Way
3: above, yeah. Right, right,
0: yeah. right. And my thing on that is, is how much of that is actually private buyers? Is that private bu- buyers, right. or is that companies a, like BlackRock, who are, are, are coming brokers in? Brokers and stuff coming in, right. Who are coming yeah. in with... You know, we're talking multi-trillion-dollar companies. I'm I'm yeah, hearing about that are coming in and actually buying up, yep. driving artificially driving up the yep. price and making it. All right, quick second here. If you find that the Big Fat Podcast is bringing you some type of value, please consider subscribing. And if you hit that little bell, it will give you a notification each time we upload a new episode. If you have a moment, maybe even leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. These little things help keep us going and help spread the word of the BFP. All right, let's get back into this. Yep. you know very difficult for our kids growing up to, to buy a house now it's, is, it's, is it artificially being driven up yeah I've
1: heard that where you know the, the you hear about these stats about the housing uh, sales and things like that but I mean it was a pretty good percentage I want to say 20% maybe more was it's not individual ham- families buying these homes it's it's these brokers and these large companies that are buying them up and yeah. so it's it's kind of not indicative of what's really happening yeah
3: yeah
0: huh um, you know one other thing that I kind of we were talking the other day and I I thought it was kind of funny we both moved to uh, to Montana to be anonymous that was my thing too I, <laughs> I, I moved up here and I was like I just want to just I just I I love this town I love this area I, and I've moved moved here from Las Vegas so I've had no regrets but some things shifted for me and I thought you know what I f- to reach my goals um, And honestly, to be the person that I felt like maybe I'm hiding here or something, you know, like, I gotta, I gotta get involved here. And so uh, there was a shift for me. And I, my parents always laugh at me because they know I moved here to be anonymous. And then when I started a business, I was like, uh Oh, I'm starting a business in a town of, you know, 1800 people. So I can't just be anonymous. And it was a shift for me. But you I've been thinking a lot about this I was talking to you, and you mentioned that you know you did you moved here to be anonymous absolutely. and you you have like I imagine you're in a place where you don't need to get involved, you can remain uh, anonymous that's you're
1: absolutely right i and I came here to be anonymous absolutely and uh but as i well a couple of things I think one was I was pretty burnt out from the corporate world, yeah, and uh I think it took me quite frankly this long to kind of recharge a little bit but yeah I came here to be an honest but then I started seeing things that uh, quite frankly reminded me of things that I saw in California in government and uh, I didn't come here to uh, uh, to live in Montana California you know I came here to live in Montana to be Montana to integrate with the conservative values and, and whatnot and I was seeing some things that really bothered me uh, and what
0: uh, what are what are some of those things what are you what do you what's the shift you're seeing
1: well I'll tell you uh, whether it's local government, whether it's it's uh, state, federal government, I mean, there's things happening today that, that are, are pretty frustrating. I think frustrating a lot of people, right? And so I look at, you know, as, as I'm seeing things and some of those things were, you know, we live in such a small county, right? And I see things like with the, with the COVID money. Uh, you I'm sure you heard about that with, yes. with what local government did with the COVID money. They they gave money to the county. They gave money to themselves. Look, I'm not saying the county shouldn't get any. However, the priority should have been on the local people, right? Those people whose businesses were shut down, right? And uh, uh, nothing against the county. Their paychecks were never in, in jeopardy. Yeah, you know? they weren't being told. No, to... but right. these, the exactly. salons
2: and different restaurants exactly. and all that that were completely you know? shut down had no income coming in.
1: And uh, and for the, the county to give themselves money first, I think, was was totally backwards. I mean, uh, the priority should have been on the people. Um, yeah, the county could have got some, you know, after the, the, the people who needed it most uh, <clears throat> got that money, uh, certainly. Um, but that didn't happen. And I don't understand how that could even be remotely justified Rationalized in in the least and and they and they tried to and it was wrong.
0: Yeah, absolutely wrong I know there were some efforts to to fix that afterwards Uh, I know that there was another round of giving after that where they tried to contact businesses and whatever Uh, we were contacted we just kind of we do our own thing and we we looked at it. We were like, hey, you know what? COVID, there have been challenges for our business in COVID. Mm-hmm. But also because of the way our business is set up, the things that we used to view as vulnerabilities became assets. And so I can't really claim that we didn't. COVID- we never
2: had to shut our doors. And so it wasn't like we didn't feel. I know there's businesses that never had to shut the doors that got money, and I just didn't understand. Like, I get everybody was having hard times, but- neither here in my opinion yeah sure
0: we passed on the next round where they actually contacted us because we were like hey honestly like we're okay and (laughs) uh we didn't lay anybody off because of COVID. in fact we did give our people a week off in the very beginning when we thought we were going to be closed down and then we sat back and we were like what are we doing we're we actually paid them for those days that they missed we were like hey sorry we're we're we don't know what's coming here and whatever. But we actually, our business did well during COVID because of the nature of our business. Um, whereas a lot of restaurants, a lot of things right. closed oh, down. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there was a panic at times and there was people who took a hit and there was people who took advantage in the private sector and in government. Oh, absolutely, there was a lot of fear out there for sure. Yeah. And yep. But there was a lot of people who capitalized off that fear. Yep. You know, I, I don't know how many uh, of the PPP loans um, people that businesses that were taking that, uh, that didn't need that. There was a lot of, a lot of corruption in a lot of areas, not just, yeah. Anyway, I could go on and yeah, on about the, that. But
1: Unfortunately,
3: that's part of human nature. That's just it's sad that people do that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know I have to commend you for doing that because my cousin is super conservative and, uh, but yet he'll maximize any of the government agency plans that are out there. It drives me crazy. Because he's also, you know, uh, anyway, I don't want to throw him on completely under the bus. I don't
2: think there was enough stipulations. Um, there was enough stipulations on taking this loan. Like, there should have been, like, your doors have to be closed. You know, like, those types of things. Like, your d- business should have had to been, like, dramatically reduced. But there was businesses, their doors weren't closed. They were open and yeah, still and took I, the loan.
3: I found it, for, in this case, for him, you know, I found it interesting that he was buying property. Um, at d- the same time you know what I mean it's one of those things that they so mention so he was it. investing <laughs> so, yeah well and you start to be like yeah I don't I don't know if, uh,
1: <laughs> well it, you know and that's like these businesses who are taking it who weren't really shut down and whatnot <clears throat> yeah. right and you know it wasn't stipulated right does it really have to be stipulated I mean come on y- you wouldn't on, think right? so yeah, but exactly. it, that, it has and, to and that's why you know when, when I think when when those giving out the money saw that this was happening it's, okay we got to put tighter restrictions whatever on you
2: shouldn't have right exactly and
1: again but human nature that's, that's nature should beast,
0: should that money been made available in the first place is it government's responsibility to step in and um, bail out bail out businesses now where that comes back to is should they be allowed to shut down businesses so uh, is government is it their role to be dictating to us this is when you can open and close your doors and when you're suffering we'll pick winners and losers by who we deem as essential and who gets no, money it,
1: it's not their role and I think part of it too is is the government having that control over you right uh, that was part of part of the whole deal too was uh, be independent on government you know government's going to give you that money etc and unfortunately as we as we've talked about it was it was manipulated by some and, and abused And whatnot, but is it government's role? I don't believe it is. No, Uh, Hmm. because it gets right into what happened, and that's uh, you know people are looking to the government for help. You know, and I'm more for independence, self-reliance, those types of things first. You know, you know, giving a a hand up, not a hand out. Now, you know, that doesn't. It's not say that government can't help, but uh, uh, I think, and I think what we saw, you know, with the abuses of it all. is indicative of, of maybe how they can help too much too. And is it, is it really helping like yourself? Again, uh, kudos to you for what you did, you know, but you kind of pulled up your bootstraps and you took care of business. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know every specific instance right out there and I'm sure, you know, that there were certainly valid needs, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but, uh, uh, I think first and foremost, we need to be self-reliant independent as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree and I guess we should mention you are running for county Commission here it's a district two correct correct so at what point did you I know that you're starting to see these issues and I want to talk more about what other issues made you make that decision but really like what was there one thing that did well, that I'll said say, hey I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go do this or did somebody talk you into that no, or, no, or no, definitely
1: I, no one talked me into it uh, it was something uh <laughs> In fact, I, it's uh, I feel kind of ignorant. And when I first started thinking about doing this, I didn't even know it was a paid position. Yeah, I I didn't know until I was recently like, oh, either. Really? You know? And then, oh yeah, it's a paid position. Okay. I thought it was volunteer, small county. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, but but probably the one issue that got me involved or got me thinking this is not cool, uh, and it's it's fairly controversial issue. It's around the museum tax. Do you recall that? I, I do
0: a little bit, but, but explain
1: it. Sure. So, uh, I, f- first off, I'm all for history. Love history. You know, I love studying history. You know, got the Bozeman Trail, goes down through my property down where I'm. I've been down to Wyoming, studied the Wyoming Trail and some of the, or excuse me, the uh, Bozeman Trail and the, uh, the forts and whatnot, right? The homesteads around here, the, uh, the Crow Agency, all this. I love that stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, Penny over here at the museum. has done a great job. That's a, that's a fabulous museum. Yeah, great job uh, but something was up with that museum tax and um, what it was was a 13 mil tax about $250,000 a year pretty huge big money mm-hmm. right big money, big yeah. money. especially uh, for this small of a county. Oh yeah absolutely I mean you look at I mean it was almost as much like road and bridge it was a third of what the sheriff gets you know it was, it was crazy so I went to some meetings uh, that the uh, historical society was putting out to um, kind of promote uh, to promote this this museum tax and uh, ask questions. You know, what do you guys need two hundred fifty thousand dollars for, right? Well, it's to keep the keep the doors open, you know, et cetera. And, and okay, okay. Um, so I started looking into their their income and expense. Looked at the taxes; you can get it online, right? And for like the the prior five years or something, they had some years they'd made a couple grand, some years they lost a couple grand, right? In fact, one year I remember they made like seven thousand, I think. Uh, hmm. Okay, but you need a quarter million. <laughs> Uh, well, we might not use it all, right? Well, You know, so it was in perpetuity, too. I mean, this thing would be out there forever, right? And and they're right. They didn't have to use it all. They could use what they wanted, right? But still, $250,000. It's not like they're building a new museum or anything, right? Didn't get it. Didn't add up. And they were going to continue to fundraise. Well, okay, you guys are only, you know, maybe losing, making a couple grand a year. I mean, again, didn't make it. So was red flag number one. The bigger red flag was on the ballot itself. Um, so this tax was going to be for residential property as well as ag property. A lot of ag property in this county, obviously, <coughs> yeah. right? right. Yep. Uh, and ag property was so many cents per dry acre, so many cents per irrigated acre, et, et cetera, right? But again, lots of ag land here. There, there wasn't one word on the ballot about ag land. All it had on the ballot was residential. I said, well, this is one of these meetings. What's up? Why not? Well, the state said we had to do it that way. Okay. Don't understand it. But so I called. I called the Secretary of State's office. Uh uh, I talked to the actually I didn't talk to him, I ended up emailing him, but uh uh got a hold of the state election director. He said, Oh no, that's totally up to the the counties on how those ballots are written. Oh. Mm. So I made some phone calls to the county. No, nobody answered my my phone calls. Uh, trying to question what's up with this ballot, right? Of course, no answer, no answer. So again, what is up with this, right? That's a big deal. They're they they're hiding. They, they appear to be hiding something, right? Uh, it seems pretty obvious that if this tax is going to affect uh, residences, ag property, you'd have that clearly on the ballot. It's not. So that was red flag number two. Red flag number three was how it even got on the ballot. If you recall, this was a special election to where this was all that was being voted on. That was it. So there was a commissioner meeting um, sometime around Christmas. uh, I want to say the 20th, might have been the 23rd, that this thing got put on the ballot, and that was what they talked about to get it on the ballot. Well, who's paying attention around Christmas, right? So I'm not sure
0: how much this thing was advertised or or whatever, right? But um, Some very famous... uh Things have been passed around (laughs) Christmas. uh, (laughs) Yes, and uh, Uh, if yes,
1: yeah, and so it got on the ballot, you know, via this this meeting right around Christmas time, and you know, it just it just reeked of politics. It reeked of special interest. It it reeked of of the things that I left in California, and uh, I was pretty shocked, actually and wow. uh, I couldn't I, believe that something like that could happen in this small county so I wasn't aware of a lot of all this no, I no, knew there no, was no, nothing and quite frankly I don't think a lot of people were because no. it was a big push support history I said yeah of course let's support
2: history too we're um, big both right. history buffs we love it so but,
1: yeah. um, what was up with that I don't know I don't know to this day and in, in full transparency I've talked to uh, penny down at the museum and, uh-huh. and uh, we've, we've had this discussion uh, um, you know, it was just, it was too much. It was something else going on there. And, and quite frankly, I still don't have a, you know, a full clear idea of what was really going on, but it was, it, it just reeked of politics.
0: Yeah.
2: like People putting money someplace to put money someplace. And
1: I'll tell you, and and again, to have it happen in the small county was, was very, very disappointing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I kind of look at, in politics, in general, what I'm what I'm finding, especially you see what's going on today across the country with school boards, you know, with mayors, with county commissions. You look at what's happening in Arizona with uh, the the audit, right? They're, they're trying to uh, still audit the the 2020 election, right? And how much the the county supervisors there they call them synonymous to county commissioners, how much they are blocking things that are happening, right? And that's just the county commissioners. You look at what was happening during um, a lot of the riots um, uh, after the George Floyd incident and whatnot, you know, the mayor of yeah. Portland, you know, the, the power that the mayor had over the federal government, you know, the federal government couldn't come in and do ABC because the mayor said no.
0: You Which, know. but then eventually, when things got so out of control that the people that he was enabling started to turn on exactly, him exactly. he very quickly, <laughs> yeah oops started to look to the federal government yeah. for, why aren't you guys coming in here and fixing yep. my problem that I've created yep. uh my the place that I live, you know, they're outside the door, you know they so anyway, so
1: so yeah that, so this the 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 power I guess you could say that the local government has it's it, it's it's unbelievable uh really when it comes down to it with some of these things and so you know i put myself uh i blame myself to a certain degree and kind of what's happened and that uh i kind of fell asleep at the wheel over the years i was working hard head down just trying to make ends meet et cetera, like so many americans are right uh except in the meantime you know so as we're trying to to do the right thing you know uh Bad things are happening in politics. And, and so as I'm working hard, it's like I ain't got time for that politics stuff, right? You know, let someone else deal with that. But, you know, I look at it as bad things happen when good people don't get involved. And I think that the good people are working trying to do the right thing and some not so good people are getting into politics. And so it's like, well, hey, Ron, you know, you have uh, some skills and experience in your background. Uh, rather than write letters, rather than, you know, make phone calls,
0: you do something. You know you do it get engaged well man I I commend you on that because I'm one of those people who I'm like we're heads down trying Mm -hmm. to make ends meet and while in that mode it's so easy to uh, to turn a blind eye to what's going on in politics Mm -hmm. because we're like that's just negativity and Mm -hmm. I can't I can't have any negativity that's bringing me down right now because there's whatever as Um, we're in business life yeah life is happening we do that and uh, Mm -hmm. it's usually times like this where you kind of come up for air and uh, somebody informs you on what's going on around you
3: yeah you know yeah. i yeah uh, i was on the school board that's a big one 2017 to anyways and uh there's a lot of stuff you're like, over in laurel though correct yeah yeah in the laurel school and there's stuff that happens that um i don't i mean you look at it and you're like oh man there's like The way you're describing this right they they'll put it on there and they say they're transparent but you know you look into that and you're like well you're not completely something's up there's always an agenda there's an agenda and and then there's you know other you know people are like well yeah we could have said that but we could have done it this way we you know so it's not and so in their mind it's not that they're not being transparent it's just a matter of trying to get it passed And so yeah they're not they're not telling you the whole story they tell you what they want you to hear they'll spin you know yeah they make
2: it look good and i
3: and i was thinking the school board but then the other side of it what i wasn't expecting was the amount of phone calls and threats and i mean it's amazing and it you know i had been you know when i was on the school board that was one thing being the chairman of the school board meant life you know, I was. It, what I found is it was too hard to do work, run a business, try to. I mean, it's become it becomes a full time job. I yeah. mean, even though it's volunteer, that you know that yeah, one. If you're gonna do it right, if you're gonna exactly. do it right, you're gonna be. Yeah. You have to go to the meetings. You got to go to the you know, and you and then you need to speak up, and um, and then you have to field you know the people's questions that don't agree with you, um, as well as those that do. And so then your phone is blowing up. And so I found myself in the middle of this like, man. I, I don't know how much I care you know I, I do and I don't but I, I I'm only a lot you know I only have so much time in the day mm-hmm. and I so I commend you for doing it and I commend you for what you're trying to do
2: Absolutely, because I always find that people will get on online talking day to day and complain about all these issues they'll complain 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 but they're the ones like they don't do anything to right. fix they're, it what's the solution? like I don't complain about them but I don't you know because we're so focused on something <laughs> I don't complain I'm just like but then when I hear about these things I'm like oh my gosh you know so I do That is a great thing is that you're seeing these issues and it's but you know enough that you're doing something about it so that's huge and
1: that's and this part of it would be being retired um, yeah is that I do have the time now yeah and. Um, Again, as I think I've recharged from my, my my corporate world and what was happening there, I'm, I'm got a little for the spark. fight. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got the the fire in my belly, you know, and I'm, yeah, you know, and, which is uh, good
2: for us because of yeah, all these absolutely. things. That's you awesome know, for us. I'll
1: tell you what. One interesting thing is, is that you know, I did retire to be anonymous, absolutely, and uh, just gonna live the quiet life down on the river, walk the dogs, go fishing, whatever. Right and uh, one thing that so now you know here very few people know me Now I need everybody to know me I want people to know what I'm about right let them know what the options are here and uh, so I've been to every corner of the county I'm out every day speaking to people uh, having one-on-one discussions speaking to small groups etc and the cool thing is is that I've met so many neat people out there there are so many neat people in this county uh, I'll tell you what I like this county before you decided to run I like it even more now, because of the people that I've met, uh, how many people care about this county, how many people, you know, the, the volunteerism, you know, I've met with a lot of community organizations, and it's, it's amazing, it's, it's, it's eye-opening, it's something that I didn't really know to the, to the depth that it is here, but there are a lot of people who really care, and so, and, and it's kind of put some pressure on me, because I want to be able to represent that, and, uh, there is a lot more of that than I thought, and it's cool. And so, regardless of what happens, you know, if I get elected or not, uh, I'm good. Uh, it's the the journey's been good, and I find myself uh, doing more volunteering, getting involved with some of these groups, and 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 doing more than just walking the dog and going fishing. Hey, there's there's some good causes <laughs> out there uh, here locally that uh, are pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah that's uh, that's interesting. That that's fascinating because I too found that I very similar. Wanting to move here to be anonymous, I didn't want to get to know people's drama. I didn't want... I tried to insulate myself from all of that. Exactly. But since I had to change my mind and perspective on that, I've got to meet a lot more people. And people do have their drama. But uh, it has been an interesting journey. I have more appreciation now for the community, for this area. Uh, Things that I thought I was trying to avoid, it's okay. It's not a big threat. And you're going to have... You're going to have the spice of life. You're going to have a little of everything. You're going to have small town syndrome in every small town. You're going to have all of that stuff. But uh, I agree with you. There is a lot of fascinating people here, people who are natives to this area Mm -hmm. and transplants. It doesn't really matter. It is a a good area. And uh, there's a lot of uh, very interesting people here. And it's been fun doing like our podcast and finding that. That's what we're honestly trying to do here is just trying to get out of that environment where it's just that's our business over there but how do we feature and focus on people who are in this area who are go-getters and passionate about something whether it's their art to their business to to whatever it may be and um so i i guess why i'm saying that is because i um i'm relating with what you're saying there you're not i get it that you're not just saying that that's just not something warm and fuzzy to say it's something i have experienced as well and um
2: Well, and it makes this position you're doing a lot easier to do it because you do care and you do see these people. And so it's like, yeah, it makes it easy to want to go and do that. Right,
1: exactly. I mean, I I cared enough as it was to put my quite retired, my retired life aside and and kind of put myself out there and get engaged. But then after, you know, meeting so many of these good people, it's like...
2: It gives you more of a why.
1: Right,
0: exactly.
2: Yeah, it gives you your why. Yep. Um, What other, there
0: are some other things I'm kind of thinking about, like... I know there's some other things that are, I know there's a lot going on that I didn't realize a couple of weeks ago. I actually i have been, <laughs> now that I, since talking to you, I find that I'm like, all of a sudden all interested in, oh, well, what's been going on here and there? And, and now I'm, I, you know, once you start that conversation, all of a sudden you, you find get, out there's a lot going on and,
2: and mm-hmm. you get kind of angry. Like there's some things I found that was like, have made me angry and being younger and like, you never put. I didn't put value into who's running what or what. You just you just don't think about it. You move somewhere and you move. It isn't until you get older that you look at people, okay, what area kind of area is this? Absolutely. I would have never thought of that before. Now I think about that. But some of these things I've been hearing about, all this money, like it makes you angry. Like what is going on? Well, so- yeah,
1: and it, And to me, it's like. It all comes down to, you know, just doing the right thing. You know, whatever yeah. happened to just doing the right thing? I don't want to oversimplify, but so much of it could be yeah. down to that. Right? Yeah. Rather than that having, you know, rather than having a special agenda or whatever, or, uh, you know, s- representing some special interest or whatever, just what's the right thing? What's best for the county? Yeah. I mean, how, how hard is that, right?
0: Yeah, one of the things that I've, I haven't really paid too much attention to, but I think it is right up your alley. I don't know how much it affects your district or not. I don't really know. But, um, but windmills coming into the county. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I have a these... couple, well, that's that's a good
1: question. I have a couple thoughts. One is, so I spent 32 years in the electric utility world, so I know a lot about how the grid operates. I know a lot about the uh, ins and outs of renewables and those types of things. So I have I have two thoughts really. One is from a grid aspect, you know, their value to the grid. Uh, you know, there are so many federal subsidies. There's so much that are propping up these, these, these wind companies that if it weren't for that, I don't think that could be profitable. It costs so much money to build those things. It, it, it costs so much money to, to operate those things. If it weren't for a lot of those special perks, I don't know how, how profitable it'd be. And as far as what it does to the grid uh, electrically, um, it's, it's good to have that uh, kind of very diverse uh, sources of power, right? You know, but uh, wind itself is, is such a minuscule part of what uh, the amount of power that goes into the grid and the, the volume, the number of tens of thousands of acres of windmills that you would have to have to really put a dent into, uh, into our grid as, as far as the capacitor grid is, is you know, it's astronomical
2: and none of it's recyclable right No. so all no. that renewable right. energy everybody thinks is great you can't recycle any of that right
1: right and you know so... and, and the amount of you know the amount of steel and iron that goes into building these things is you know it's more than the the darn thing is worth really but having said that it is good to have that alternative source of power absolutely uh, Uh, You know, wind, solar, those types of things. It's good to have that, but but not to the scale that they want. You know, in California, they want to have, you know, 100 percent green by whatever year. Right. Uh, Come on. No, that's that's pie in the sky, guys. You know, you've got to have those power plants to be your number one source. Uh, and those other things yeah they can supplement because even even with wind and they're getting better with wind and solar if the wind's not blowing or the, su- or the sun's not shining, they're not generating right Yeah now they are coming up with things called uh, uh, stored energy systems to where large battery systems to where you can store some of this power and then when it's not blowing or when the sun's not out you, know, you can uh, then release energy from these stored energy systems, right? But even then that's that's could be some nasty stuff because it's just big batteries, right?
0: Big batteries that require and, uh, metals exactly. that yeah, are being bre- mined in countries that are minerals, pretty right. All shady. That stuff, right? We operating. don't have that stuff, right? Getting it yeah. from China wherever and so Actually, know. I believe a lot of it uh is coming out of uh Congo. The Congo. Yeah. A lot of for it the, is coming out the of batteries? the Congo. Yeah. Uh yes. yes. Really? Yeah, and I believe us honestly too uh, A lot of it is coming out of there and the problem with that is you do have some companies that are are mining that stuff legitimately but there's a there's another certain percentage of it and I believe the percentage is is at least 30 something percent of of those uh, minerals or the things that they're mining to cobalt basically to uh, uh, supply batteries are coming off of black market these are people that are just going and trying to make ends meet trying to earn a dollar that are i mean this is legit like they are there's kids there's people that are like not using any type of safety procedures or anything and they're they're digging and mining by hand and 30 percent of of what is coming out of the congo is bought from that marketplace versus the companies that are having to be regulated and you know use safe practices and things that are good for people good for the environment uh, Yeah,
1: they don't have OSHA in the Congo no they don't <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that is where a lot of that is coming from right now I mean I'm not nobody I I don't know I'm just telling you the stuff that I read and whatever who knows but I'm not a know-it-all on all this type And what of stuff, about but... all
2: the also another one uh, about the contamination because all of this stuff isn't recyclable they get thrown in, and the contaminants from that yeah, contaminating these... the soil and all that stuff too. So there's sure. yep. so
0: the same people pushing this for the reasons of hey, this is good for the environment. <laughs> come to find out, it's okay, so it's not so good for the environment because we got to figure out what when this stuff breaks down and it's breaking down sooner than what right. they were telling right. us yeah, it would what break do down. Right. What are you going to do with it? Right, right. I mean, look at all the
1: you know the uh, electric cars out there, you know. Uh, you know, you hear about one how much how expensive the batteries are. Like, if you want to re- replace your battery in a Tesla, you're talking twenty five grand or something. Yeah, you know? I mean it's crazy. Uh, but you know, up here, so the uh, the new wind farms that they're building up here north of uh, Reed Point, uh, Reed Point, Rapplesville area, you know, their their battery uh, uh, energy storage systems, these stored energy systems, there's uh, over forty thousand square foot of batteries. Wow. Know? Wow, but that's what you know. Uh, you know that's that's something I I've actually raised it at some meetings. It's like, well, you know, there's have you considered the environmental issues? You know, have have you considered you know fire hazards? You know, what type of fire suppression do you have up there? Right, we're gonna light the. That's a huge the, you know? thing
2: and, too. Yeah, the fire. And fires. so
1: I don't think they like hearing those questions, but. You know, it's still a it's it's something that needs to be considered. My understanding is that these uh, stored energy systems that we're getting out here are some of the first west of the Mississippi. So it's it's still new technology, relatively new technology. Uh, it's something that isn't highly regulated uh, because it's new. And so they're I don't want to say they're doing whatever they want, but but they're they're certainly not uh, uh, regulated very much at this point. And so it's it's a concern, you know.
3: How much does it cost? How much does it cost to put just one windmill up? I mean, guys, I know I, it's yeah. a rough.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, you
0: know, there's a benefit though. Then it's got to be attractive to the ranchers, okay? And I and I get that side of it. You're mm-hmm. struggling in ranching. You're struggling with the prices of everything, and it's got to be real attractive when a wind farm comes in yep, and says, absolutely. we're going to pay you this much per month mm-hmm. to just right. Right. to generate some power over here, yeah. and we just need access." And, and that's the
1: and that's the flip side of the story. Is so on the grid side, hmm. you know, it's arguable. You know that the true value, et cetera, when you and you look at the materials and all that stuff, what it's doing to to our environment, et cetera, right down the road. But in the in the near term, certainly for these ranchers, that their ranches are for sale, they haven't been able to sell them. You know, the the, the uh, you know, farming's not good, et cetera. Ranching's not good. This is a boom. And these guys want it and okay myself as as a county commissioner this is something that they want this is something that's good for the county uh and that's something where you know the contracts that we have with these wind companies uh is still yet to be seen but they're supposed to make it better than it was when they do leave right right and you know we'll see but that's that's the intent is that they do that
0: well i think honestly, I think part of the risk here on that too, though, is I get it. It's if I owned a big piece of property and somebody came to me and said, I'm going to pay you this much per month to park these things here, and it's going to add value to my my property and my resale value at some point that I have this on there and everything else that would be super attractive. But I, I'm kind of concerned by what this takes away from Montana as in uh, what, how it affects the wildlife. I moved up here and um, every now and then I, I find that I'm not noticing how good the air smells. <laughs> I got to tell you, for two years, at least for two years, I would just be driving in the evening time in the spring or the summer, any time of year, honestly. And just I would stop with my kids. I'd be driving. I'd be like, do you guys smell that? Do you still smell it? Like the way this place, like, you know, the way just the mountain air, you know, the, the, the rivers, the this and then that and the things that that we now I now take to grant for kinda of for granted because I've been here long enough. Part of that though was, oh my gosh, look at that bald eagle. Look at that osprey. Like we didn't have these things down in the desert in southern Nevada. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So every now and then I'm like, uh I, I find that I'm not I'm kinda like, ah, so these deer get out of the road. It used to be like, oh my gosh, kids, look, there's a deer. You know, like <laughs> that was a good two, three years at least, you know. But um I'm concerned about—what I'm concerned about is with these windmills coming in here is, yes, it's a boom for the, the landowners, but what is that doing to our Montana as far as, uh, you know, a lot of these large birds have not developed—they've they, not adapted— to this thing that I don't know how high are these windmills? hundred something meters. Yeah, they're up there, and this thing's swinging around. And uh, I I know from what I've been reading, and what I've been studying, it's taking a large number of our large breed birds out of the air, and it's having a that's having a long term impact. These are there's a balance here between what those birds do with the animals that are on the ground, and. Uh, in this you know you do one thing that affects the bees and the bees it, that affects this that affects well, this that affects this insect swarms too
2: yeah. i heard insect swarms when they go and swarm and move to is another yeah. one too yeah. that
0: so. uh, we've got the we've got geese we've got all these things and i know that they are supposed to be counting what kind of impact that has in a certain area they count they do but a lot of times things are yeah. happening where birds are being struck that fall outside of the counting area so the real counting number is not as accurate as what they would lead us to believe no, it never is on the yeah, impact yeah, yeah. of yeah. what these things are having they're gonna they're gonna take the kindest numbers to themselves mm-hmm. when they're trying to pitch putting these things into an area and when you talk
1: about the bald eagles for instance I know that there's some of these wind companies that are getting fined because bald eagles are protected species right yeah, yeah. yet they're killing the bald eagles so how does that work right and so they're right. actually getting fined not that you know that's gonna solve the problem but uh, yeah they they they're finding that oops we're killing a a uh, protected species that's not good yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Good. and and those large bird species are much they have a they don't reproduce as quickly as reliably as, as like smaller species little, blue birds you know, and stuff little yeah. sparrows or things like that i know mm-hmm. people will say oh well you, you know we have to absorb some kind of you know we're going to have to be realistic here birds get killed by cats all the time but the small the smaller species of birds reproduce much you know, more rapid.
1: And, and isn't it funny, though? It's the hypocrisy of what we are just kind of talking about. You know, those same environmentalists who are pushing for wind and pushing, et cetera. But, okay, what about the batteries and what do you do with those and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. The same environmentalists are pushing for wind, yet we're killing our, our birds, et cetera, right?
2: Yes. And it's
1: it always comes down to big money. It's smits money
2: yeah you know, it's just because uh, it's the hypocritical it doesn't make sense you can't be an environmentalist and be like oh this is okay but this isn't it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense exactly
3: exactly I, they're coming up they're going up all over the place though I and mean, yeah. we have we have the the ones just right outside of raffle j mm-hmm. right out here you know between reed point you got the ones over in big timber there's yeah. a huge windmill going up over in Carbon County and I, I don't know if you've heard there towards their, the Wyoming uh, line
1: they're outside Broadview that, one's, yeah, that yeah. one's coming, and that one's huge, I guess. So there's going to be some on the Yellowstone County side, and that's kind of more going to be solar, but there's like a $1 billion project coming on the Stillwater County side, wind. Jeez. You know, so. And
2: so expensive to, they're so expensive to make and produce. It's like how long, it takes a long time to reinsee in that investment to where you actually are even making to, anything to get of get that it. Return. And and that, yeah, to get that return, I guess. And
1: that's where, again, I think it's the politics that's driving it. You know, it's just wind money itself. Like I said, I don't think it'd be very profitable if it weren't for all the federal subsidies, you know, all the, yeah. all, the all the support and the props that they're getting,
2: which, uh, which all comes from industry. us anyways. Right. right. You
1: know, <laughs> and, and the sad part is, like I said,
0: what's it doing for the grid?
1: Not what you think it is.
0: You know? Yeah. And it, well, just those subsidies, that's where we go back to government and government subsidies. Who who is lobbying for this? Who's actually benefiting on on this on a on a you know they call them what sustainables but they're more like unreliables because the, <laughs> the tech the technology is not there where they're producing power uh, energy dense uh, solution consistently and um, I think that's what's being sold here but I think there's more of more of like you say I, I like there's some money changing hands oh yeah and typically. The environment or the climate or whatever they want to claim or the wildlife that they're saying they want to protect. That's really in the long term. That's I feel who's going to take the brunt on this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to do this experiment for a long time. And eventually they're going to have all these big windmills that they're going to have to take down. And uh, because it was an emotional reaction. Well, we have to be doing something. This episode is brought to you by BFL Sauce. That's right, BFL Sauce. It goes great on everything. Let's just take a quick moment and let you know you can go to our website, BigFatLunchBox.com, and you can order BFL Sauce by the bottle. We ship it out to you. And now, if you order over $25 on the website, you just get free shipping. Why? Because we know firsthand shipping is expensive. It's expensive for all of us, okay? But we just try to figure this out to where you can order more affordably to go get the sauce you love, to put on the food you love, and those sauce sales directly support the Big Fat Podcast. If you would like to help produce the Big Fat Podcast, there is a spot right there where you can contribute to become a producer of the Big Fat Podcast. Check that out on the website, bigfatlunchbox.com. All right, let's get back into this. Well, that something is typically not really what the answer really was. And I mean, we could go all back into a pandemic, we can go back into a lot of things where we have to be doing something, where we, but we're actually going through the motions, and we're not really addressing the real problems here, and who's really benefiting off of, right. off of these, these things. Yeah, you know, I'm,
1: well, I'm, I'm a nuclear guy myself. Ah, you, uh, that was my next question,
0: because uh, I have been looking at
1: nuclear, and- I've been involved in nuclear power since I was 17 years old.
0: And, um, uh, that's right. I did uh, read your website, and I totally, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Because so, I did. I was going to ask you, like, well, then what are your thoughts then on, on nuclear? I was on a nuclear submarine,
1: uh, transitioned to the uh, electric utility world. It, it, I worked at two nuclear power plants. And, you know, it's clean. Uh, it's very reliable. The only, it's relatively cheap. You know, when, they, when nuclear first came out back in the 50s, you know, the thing was it's too cheap to meter right now that never really happened but politics i'm sure uh but um it's a good source of energy uh but the politics of it it's it's depends on how you spin it right i mean 50 percent of the power or more than 50 percent in germany and france used to be nuclear power but they've since been shut down a lot of them had shut down because of the politics right here in the united states uh it's been a while since i've really looked but uh Back in the uh, 2000s, there was over 100 operating n- nuclear power plants in the United States. Hadn't built one since the 80s. There are a handful that are being built now. Things like Chernobyl and uh, Fukushima, which was the accident they had in Japan here a number of years back, uh, didn't help any. But um, the, one th- the only thing that I have against nuclear is what do you do with the spent fuel, okay? What do you do with the waste, we have, and this is, again, politics, uh, Yucca Valley, Nevada, they finished, they they built and completed, or it's at least almost complete, if not fully complete, a place to store spent fuel, right? Well, it was shut down due to political reasons. It's empty, it's not being used, but it's done for all intents and purposes. Uh, and, you know, the whole deal was uh, moving fuel, like they take it by rail, spent fuel by rail, right? And, uh, oh, no, you know, the media telling you, oh, how bad it is and everything, right? Well, I mean, it, it's pretty darn safe. I've seen videos to where they put these spent fuel rods in these uh, concrete uh, sarcophagus. Yeah, they're completely right? encased. Right, yeah. and uh, where they have launched uh, old F-4s, old jets, fuselages on a rail, they launched it into these things and not a crack in them, right? And yet, people are okay with... Uh, who knows what chemicals and things are going down the railways, right? You see these chemical cars. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what's in those things going right? You know, no one says a word. I I worked mm-hmm. in Louisiana, the nuclear power plant there that they, they could care less about. It. it was back in the woods. You know, can't smell it, can't see it. It's all fine, right? Because there was so much pet- petrochemical down there. All the petrochem facilities just reeked. You could smell. You could smell. Oh, yeah. the paper mills and, you know, you have these huge uh, uh, containers of who knows what chemicals with a chain link fence. And then you have this hardened nuclear power plant and, you know, everybody's up in arms about it. Right. Yeah. Um Just haven't worked in it for so long. It can be a very safe.
2: Uh, and the waste from it is very minute. Am I is that am I right in thinking that it's Rel- re- relatively relatively, speaking, relatively sure. compared yeah. to like all yeah. the re- other right. renewable? Right. There is no there's not as much as you would say, oh, windmills. You know, broken down, oh, yeah. and what, what are you gonna, gonna do with f- that? Completely. Yeah, yeah. And like with Chernobyl. Now, I'm gonna say, like, I watched Chernobyl the HBO. Oh, I believe it was. I series. did too.
3: Yeah. Whoa.
2: Oh, oh my gosh! By the time I was done watching that, I was just like. I never like this is awful. This is the worst thing. But then more and more you read about it and other things and how they blew that up yeah. because there's not as much money to be made in the nuclear as there are the, all these other. That's right. Is my my thinking of yep. it all. Yep. So by the time all your solar and your windmills, there's so much more money that people have their money pockets in than if you were to just put out these nuclear because it takes so much less than yep. it does all these other yep. stuff. So the money is the big. Always, I think factor, always,
0: all right,
1: money. but
2: the waste on it isn't as much as yeah. What
0: we are all led to believe. I, right. I think yeah. the, I mean, the, the the
2: the propaganda yeah. behind it all. If you so, want to so say right
1: now because they can't send the fuel to Yucca Valley uh, or Yucca Mountain. I can't remember Yucca Mountain. Yucca Mountain um, is um, they're all storing it on site. Every every utility has to store their their waste on site now.
0: Which, is that really a problem? Again, you know... Because the, the amount of land that it takes for, to generate right. that much power in right. nuclear, it's... if you compare that to how much land does it take to... If you were to generate that same amount of, of power with solar and wind, I believe the statistic <laughs> is something like 440 uh, times uh, more more land is required... 440 or 425 times yeah. more land
2: we're talking state is is yeah, exactly.
0: required for that much power versus a nuclear facility right. so if they just had the ability to to store that and they had a little bit more land um, I think I don't know I think right now all of the nuclear waste that's been generated thus far can be stored and this is according to uh, Michael Schellenberger who's also running mm-hmm. for governor of California mm-hmm. right now but I was reading some of his stuff he he's claims that the spent uh fuel rods it's something like the size of a football field seventy feet high um that would contain all of the nuclear spent rods. all of the nuclear waste would mm-hmm. be contained in that yeah. uh that we have so far right.
1: And, and Which is, exactly. And that was the point, you know, with them all s- storing it on site. It's relatively a small amount. Yeah, you know, it's mind-blowing right? compared exactly. to all these
2: windmill right. farms that are going right. in and solar. Yeah, and-,
1: and, and here's kind of the other political thing. So in California, right, you know, mm-hmm. so many, whatever, 100% uh, green energy by whatever year, right? Yeah. The utility I worked for had a ton of hydroelectric, right? That's yeah. pretty green, I think, right? No emissions, right? They did not count that as green power, even though we had, you know, thousands of megawatts of electricity being generated by hydroelectric power. It was not considered green. Is that politics or what?
0: Yeah. How is that? Well, exactly. How do they justify that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy
1: We had one of the largest, if not the largest, pump storage facilities. You know what pump storage is?
0: Yes. Um, because they're yes. Aren't they? they're going to pump it back uphill, hill right so they have a, like about? a lake
1: at a high elevation yep. it drains down through the turbines to turn it now right. they're going to pump it back up there to reuse it and then they pump to it back it. up at night when the when the yeah uh, power usage is low right yes that's not green power even though there wasn't a you know a carbon atom emitted right from huh. that ah, that's is that politics or what yeah how do they yeah, that's how politics. are they justifying that yeah. i mean how... that's what the politicians say that's how
0: well, yeah. usually you dig deep and you figure out where are those politicians you know, getting funding
1: from, and you <laughs> exactly. find out exactly. and it's it's the spin; it's what the media puts out,
0: and you know it's because you you, know, you, you got to do your research, right? You got to do your research. Yeah, when you find out that you know when you go look at governors of California and you look at what what was going on there, and why were they anti-nuclear? Why were they going toward all these green industries that weren't going to? And I feel like they knew this is uh, that that a lot of this stuff was not going to be achievable with the unreliables or the sustainables uh, you look at some of the money that they were bringing in through Indone- Indonesian oil uh, that when you talk about Jerry Brown Jerry Brown's father uh, they were actually bringing in a lot of money their family I mean I'm, this they were actually bringing in a lot of money in Indonesian oil and uh, th- this is why Jerry Brown I'm finding out was so anti-nuclear they were trying to shut down Diablo Canyon mm-hmm. uh, because of all the oil that they were bringing in. Um, so when you start looking at, and then when you look at, okay, well, who did Jerry Brown appoint to these positions and these positions? And you figure out, well, this judge who got appointed, you know, was Gavin Newsom's dad. So all of this has been kind of kept in there uh, very closely of why do these guys all ha- keep doing these same policies? And a lot of these guys have all been making money off of other industries, while they're promoting these other things, like here's a, here's a real solution, and who are the groups that are attacking nuclear and putting out the propaganda, because most of this is fear-based. When you actually come down to it, what I have learned is that literally like 100 people in the history since we've had nuclear have, been, have died as a direct result of, of nuclear power. When you look at all of the uh, coal-related industry, direct deaths directly tied to the coal industry, or the oil industry, or all of these other things, nuclear is historically safer. Oh, much. Fukushima, like 1,600 people died during the evacuation that they're now looking back and saying, you know what, that evacuation was actually unnecessary. We panicked. People panicked. People died during the evacuation that actually very few people actually died as a direct result of radiation spill. uh, Right. Exactly. There. Same thing at Chernobyl. Very few people actually, not that that's not a bad thing or sad thing, yep. it is, we're going to have accidents that happen, but Chernobyl, we actually had very few people actually died. Whereas, there was so much fear afterwards that that pushed over their their... The calculations are somewhere between 150 to 250 thousand babies were aborted the next year because people all across w- Europe, women all across Europe, were, were told all... that your your baby is going to absorb this radiation and be born with all kinds of problems. Whereas, you know, yes, there were like 25 firefighters and uh,
2: that were directly that
0: directly had
2: it all. You know, yeah, in the yeah. water you know, they, pick, and...
0: they picked it up or whatever. But the yeah. fear and the propaganda caused so many more things uh, more problems look at the uh, look at TMI Three Mile Island right not yes how many people died there not
1: that many and yeah. I just I've been reading right. on that exactly <laughs> and it was it was the post fear yes right that and and look what it did to the nuclear industry yes after that happened no nuclear power plants were built for built know for how many years in fact none have been built there there are a handful I believe that are uh, starting to be built in the east. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think we're down for like intents and purposes. You know, it, it shut the industry down. And what happened? Nothing really. It was contained. The the uh, design of the plant, the the containment building, did what it was supposed to do. And the sad part it was operator error that caused that whole whole thing. You look at Chernobyl. Yep. Operator error. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's these human error things. And the thing is now that the designs of nuclear power plants that they have now, typically the, the design back in the 80s was you had these mega plants. They were 1,000 megawatts, 1,100, 1,200 megawatt units, huge, right? Today, they have these units that are five, 600 megawatts, all passively cooled. In other words, you don't need active uh, cooling systems, you know, power to these pumps to cool them. It's, uh, they have passive designs. They're, they're inherently safer and in, And in my opinion, they were quite safe before, but
0: they're even more safe now. The technology is just better. We've learned from some things.
1: And
2: wasn't it with Chernobyl, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it was because of the equipment or the stuff they were using was just cheap.
1: But that was a big part of it. And
2: so then they once Chernobyl happened, they had to go in all of Russia and replace all the that faulty, cheaper yeah, I mean, equipment right. to make it yeah. up to standards. And
1: they
0: didn't have containment buildings because it was expensive.
2: Yeah, okay. Right? So
0: and a lot of that expense was a problem because they were in a cold war with the US yeah. and there was a lot of ego involved there. The problem could have been addressed quicker, faster if there wasn't
2: but in all Cold War
0: related yeah. politics involved. Right, right. We could have that could have been contained but
2: they also got Chernobyl I mean they they made it they made it happen fast once that happened I mean they got it shut down and everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean it was a terrible situation and that series that made it look awful like it was oh my gosh we were the whole world was about to die yeah I mean that was the feeling you got after watching it and they did an amazing job with the filming mm-hmm. and the very coldness of it but it made after I watched, it, I was like, whole. But nuclear is awful. It's the worst thing in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, but how much of that is?
2: <laughs> yeah, but then once you read, you know, and hear about other things, and you're like, oh, okay, that was a total like yeah, black of was... better word, propaganda spew to make people think like, oh, this is terrible. We don't want this. Yeah,
1: it was bad, no doubt. Uh, yeah, but, absolutely.
2: You
1: know, it, it, the the things that drove. To where it is all the way from the design of how they design their plants cheap, yeah, right, uh, to the the human error that happened and the pressures that were on these operators to do what they did. Yes, um, it, it, those are things that I 100 percent believe would not happen in the United States. Uh, uh, it's it's a highly regulated. The, the NRC is is onerous on on how they regulate that that yeah. industry, and today. The things that we have learned, you know, I I think that it it should be an option on the table, and someday it will again, I think,
0: uh, but, you know, when that's going to be, I don't know. Um, I I think it's going to, there's going to be a large amount of educating that has to be done, because, you know, honestly, through the 50s and 60s and 70s, as as the technology was getting out there, I feel like there has been a lot of miseducation or almost, and some, a lot of propaganda to where people are afraid of it. uh, movies portray it as the worst thing ever you know and you know we could go into all kinds of different things where how nuclear is portrayed but uh, I feel like it doesn't get the backing it should have from the American people because of most of us are uneducated honestly it's not been in the last year or two I I started to get into watching I love watching like TED talks I've been watching a lot (laughs) of things on on people who are talking about nuclear and I'm like because what is what's going on there what do I not know about that and it has been eye-opening I try to see I have been trying to get caught up on some of that stuff I am trying to figure out like what how much what's going on with the climate and how much of that is you know you know are we are we succumbing to more fear campaigns or who's benefiting off of that what is man-made what is not man-made what is natural I have been trying personally to try and figure that out just so Um, and and kudos to you for doing that research you know
1: i lived that nuclear world i've been inside reactor compartments i've been inside spent fuel pools I've, i've been in these in these uh, radiation areas, etc. I, I and you're not glowing exactly. It's <laughs> I, I haven't you know, noticed a glow. Again, you still have all
2: your hair. And... They're not going to
1: send send <laughs> send you into these places. You know you yeah. shouldn't be and and whatnot. It's
0: well thinking uh, about the nuclear submarine thing. Like how many years now have we had guys underwater living in a capsule with nuclear power?
1: Exactly. It's that's been a great the, the 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 Nautilus came out in the fifties. I want to say fifty seven, maybe earlier, but anyway mid 50s ish since uh since we've been out there
0: punching holes in the water nuclear yes yeah. yeah and and those subs, 70 years right they were cruising around on the same nuclear rods that they had they don't that they, that power lasts and it lasts longer than the years that they're like this is going to power this sub for this oh, many yeah. years but oh, they yeah. typically are getting 20 30 more years out of that yep. than what yep. they were initially projecting is that correct
1: Yep, they're they're yep and uh, I mean, and it's not only the subs. We have nuclear surface ships, nuclear aircraft carriers. All of our aircraft. Well, I, I take that back. I don't want to say that. Most of our aircraft carriers are nuclear now. I think there's still some conventional ones still out there. But um, so you're looking at not just submarines, but we have huge reactors on on carriers. The Nimitz class carriers, for yeah. instance. You know, huge. Yeah. Huge. You know, the the first nuclear carrier, the Enterprise, had eight reactors on it. Wow. You know. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. So. uh you know, it's it's something where it, it's how it's spun, it's how it's communicated. Uh, again, I lived it, and so yeah, I'm, I may be biased, but again, I'm not sitting here glowing. I'm doing fine. It's a safe industry. It can more than adequately provide power to this country. Uh, and as I said, in Europe, in in Germany, France, and others. More than half of their power was nuclear power, and yet today, now you look at Germany, how dependent they are on Russian oil, because they shut their darn plants down because of political reasons. Is it's it... not because they weren't feasible or Is... operable. Yeah. It was politics.
2: Isn't France still They're still running a lot of nuclear. They aren't... still
1: are, and yeah. I don't know the exact percentages anymore, but uh, you know the, the political pressures have shut Look, if you look in, in California, San Onofre. That thing was shut down way before its time. They're trying to shut down Diablo Canyon right now. They're they're due to shut down here. I think in a few years it'll be interesting to see if they do.
0: And what's also been interesting about that is the different groups and environmental groups, who are, are really pushing to shut those things down. They're taking money from fossil fuel industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because yeah, it's crazy. Because it's who cool, benefits? Yeah. Fossil fuel industry knows that wind and solar are not at a position. Are not at a. Mm-hmm. They are not technologically at a point where it's a viable yeah, threat not not to seriously compete right exactly. correct and uh and honestly fossil fuel is giving money to them too they're like whatever we'll play that we'll play we'll play in that area too but they can't they can't compete against how efficient and um uh economically efficient also the nuclear industry is compared to the fossil fuel industry and the, i'm not i'm not anti-fossil fuel but i'm anti the hypocrisy of, of all of the politicians and the groups that are behind the scenes doing this and that.
2: Making the money off of it. That's that's the frustrating part. You know
3: what's interesting to me is Schweitzer, you know, back in, was that 2004 to 2012? Okay, our governor here. Our governor. He was huge on wind power. And he was all, I mean anytime he spoke, he would just speak on wind power. And we're seeing a lot of wind power coming from what he was doing, you know, 15 years ago from what he was, you know, trying to help encourage that. So it's, it's an interesting conversation just with, with with what we're having in regards to solar and wind and what's happening because, you know, for the last 20 years, really, you know, it's coming up on 20. We've been told as Montanans that wind power is kind of the brings jobs to the account, the economy, it's going to be the the big switch, you know, to help Montana and bring employment as well as opportunities to not only the ranchers, the, but all of us. So it's interesting to have the conversation of knowing that it it really isn't going to be as big as we think it is or have been told it is. Yeah.
0: And, and I think we're going to feel the negative effects of it. far just as it's taken long to ramp up and have all of that here coming in now it's going to take a long time before we learn that lesson that hey this big experiment i feel like places like california they're figuring it out when they've got broken down solar fields Mm -hmm. you know and broken down uh i drove truck all over california i've been you know i just drove through tons of those wind farms you know and i think california has been figuring out that okay this isn't as Good or as efficient or as reliable as we thought it was going to be, it's not going to help. You know, this is why they're still experiencing brownout season. Correct? Absolutely. Um, well, and-, and
2: they have to go and clear those lands too of vegetation, uh, of animals, of when like I was a tortoise.
0: Oh, we were told don't pick up a. you get fined this much money if you pick up a a desert tortoise when i was a kid that was a big shift Mm -hmm. right i mean i always had one in my backyard as a pet and then all of a sudden it was like don't touch one of these or you're (laughs) going to prison for life and a five thousand dollar fine
1: three-toed salamander don't touch it so all these
2: habitats are getting cleared out mm -hmm. because of these but when they put in those wind
0: farms they had people out there scooping up desert tortoise all of a sudden and trying to move them come to find out they don't move so well like they don't relocate so well killed a ton of them the desert tortoise oh really tons of the desert tortoise yes they don't relocate as well no No, they're no they need to be left if you're going to leave them alone we were all told to leave them alone don't touch them leave them alone do their thing but when they're coming through there with a dozer to clear land to put up uh solar farms and wind farms Hmm. They're just destroying habitats, so I don't buy the hypocrisy. Yeah,
2: like, it's the it's, environmentalists it's, are all about save the animal, but then <laughs> yet we're go- it's and, just, yeah. Well,
0: it's about anyway.
3: where the money is, right? Yeah, yeah. and so. I feel
0: states like California, they've been learning these lessons, and then they are some of them are open about it, and most of them aren't. So. But it's got to get exposed.
1: The people have to. But that's the thing: is it,
2: exposing it right? and getting it out there because everything is so hushed hush, and yeah. obviously the freedom of speech and, and, has kind of went down. Uh, kind yeah, of a yeah. lot went down, so it's hard to actually get uh, so, the truth so, so, out.
3: So okay, let's so, take the windmills. Since that's a big thing here, right? Yeah. When you drive by these things, you see cows in the pastures with the windmills. Okay. You know, like I've I've been the north out uh, here by Rappel J. I've been out there. Um, you go up there by, uh, uh, Judith gap. You've got the ones out in big timber. We've been there. You've got the ones over in Bridger, just outside of Bridger, um, that are being, and they've been putting those up for two, two, three years. Mm-hmm. And you see that there's still wildlife around that. Now I'm not saying that I saw an Eagle sitting on one of them things. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that you see animals that are adapting. You know, adapting yeah. Mm-hmm. To those so it's interesting it would be interesting to know how much of you know the habitat and not, and you know the one out in Bridger I just happen to be you know we drive by there a lot because we have family out in Wyoming just across the border and uh, you know all of that is state land that they're putting that on so it is hunting ground they you know I don't imagine you can hunt there anymore so you're not gonna be shooting on it so it, it is it is interesting to me to think about how is that affecting what are going to be the long-term effects? On what are all the that? long-term effects on yeah. that when it comes to you know the wildlife? Yeah. Um, because I think you're right. I know. think certain parts of the wildlife
0: adapt to it, and I think certain aren't going to and and haven't been able to, and aren't going to be able to. And we're going to figure out in a few years how that threw everything off. How does it throw the ecosystem off when it's right, affecting
3: right. the birds? Well, and what about like salamanders
0: and the stuff on the ground? That yeah, they're, how do that those all bulldozing? work together? How does that all work in balance? And when we mess with them. and that?
2: the insect swarms.
0: Yeah, you know? I don't like yeah. bugs, There's but a, they hey, actually, they do stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they do stuff. They play an important role, and they're <laughs> well. Finding... I mean, you got
3: bats, right? The bats that go out and eat the insects. So mm-hmm. then it's going to affect. Well, those. it affects bats
0: so it affects the bats are getting taken out of the air but there's also a buildup of the insects on those big huge blades that that's a factor so as those insects are getting smacked in the air by those big blades um you actually have a less of energy efficiency with those windmills because there's drag on those big blades Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah and yeah i'm not sure what kind of maintenance they do on those things but yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm not doing that's have <laughs> that.
3: That's scary. I have, a, I have an super uncle scary. Uh, through marriage, so it's a second marriage from my my aunt. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. But that's what he does. Is he, they fly him all over. They fly him all over the world. I oh, mean, he's God. so she's you know she's posting secondary industry
1: right there, right? Yeah. There. It's oh a,
3: yeah. It's, well, and I don't think there's a lot of people that do it. But I mean, he he does more than just clean the blades, you know. But it's that's. What, Literally, I mean one one week they're in South America and the next week they're hey. in Germany. It's crazy.
0: And the thing about those secondary industries is once those get really going, now we can't now we can't lose those jobs. Those are a part of the economy. So once we get too far down a road that we mm-hmm. shouldn't have gone down in the first place, it's really hard to come back. Don't get me wrong. I've talked about it with April. I'm like, I'm ready to go spend thirty thousand dollars on a drone and uh, and go do inspections for wind farms. You know like there's a secondary industry I is that I'd rather do that than get up at midnight you know so
3: <laughs> I really well and now they have them that the the drones can go out and when they when yeah they start to lose signal or notice that it's getting weak yeah they come back No, they come I mean, back
0: they land you, yeah I could sit there and oh I've looked into it don't get you know <laughs> I mean don't get too cozy you, that breakfast burritos are always going to show up because uh, at a certain point this midnight thing is tough okay (laughs) but in the end it's real attractive to people to get into those secondary industries that support these other things but i don't know i think in the end i it just makes it harder to come back from a a poor policy decision Uh, you you,
1: you get so far down that road
0: and you know um, and and down that road you got people that have been benefiting through corruption and Mm-hmm. Money changing hands in ways that it shouldn't be, and uh, I don't know. Hey, I think let's people just, just
1: put that uh, that nuclear power plant with a small footprint out there. Right?
0: Very small footprint. I go. I love the view of the mountains. I love the view of the crazies. I like the view of you know whatever. Hey, yeah. And very quickly here, all over Montana,
2: who wants to be looking at a bunch of windmills?
0: Yeah, somebody who lives someplace else is benefiting off of our our view of our mountains mm-hmm. being taken away mm-hmm. because we have windmills all over the place yeah. I agree with you I feel like we should be not we shouldn't be undercutting our brothers out there to the east you know at their coal plant out in uh, I'm losing the name of it cold strip. Coal, strip coal strip we shouldn't be allowing you know people back East to make decisions that shut these places yeah. down yeah. while we are exploring actual energy solutions that are economical good for the environment zero emission mm-hmm you know, uh, there's so many positives to it. It's ridiculous. Even
1: with these fossil fuel plants. I mean, hey, nuclear, I think, is unfortunately it's still probably a ways in the future in, in reviving that. But, heck, just a, a nice gas plant. You know, coal emissions have been cleaned up, you know, astronomically oh, yeah. from the day. Yeah. You know, they're they're relatively clean. And it, just put that power plant out there. It doesn't have to be nuclear. But those power plants are um, an important and integral part of sustaining our grid out there, and these, and solar and, and wind, they're just not going to do it. Yeah. You know, outside of, again, how many hundreds of thousands of acres, right, to get, you know, put but, a, a blip in how much goes into the And grid,
2: then right. there's your food source, you know, land getting taken away for right. crops, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: It's, yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I could, uh, we could just keep going on this. I It's an interesting subject, and it's weird. I never thought I would get interested into <laughs> nuclear and all these things, but.
3: I learned a lot today, actually,
0: um, just talking about it. And I kind of feel bad because I feel like there's a whole bunch of other questions I want to ask you about, like uh, your position on a lot of things. Um, but so you are, so let's just, we're going to wrap this up here. You are, you're running for county commission, and that, that, um, that, it's a primary in June, correct? June 7th, yeah. Mailing ballots 7th.
1: actually go out May 13th. And I just found out that like 50% of the ballots are mailing. Really? This year. So May 13th is, I guess, just as big a date as June 7th.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. So, Huh. Well, I I appreciate you coming and taking the time to to uh, let us get to know you, because thanks for I didn't me. know you. I you know like I, when I I got a text message and saying hey I'd like to get to know business owners and what your issues are in this area and uh, and I was like I I don't I don't know this guy. So <laughs> who is this? what? Who yeah, who is this guy? guy? And I was like another politician, right? <laughs> well, no, I just I I just didn't know you, and I was I thought. You know, typically, we, we know a lot of people around here. Actually, I rely on April. She keeps me in the back. I just cook. But she gets to see everybody at the window, and she knows everybody. She's from here. And... Um so and i was like when i asked april and i was like she was like i don't i don't know him i was like what this is a wild card what do we have going on here so it's been good <laughs> to get to know you no, and maybe we can do great. this maybe we can do this again because i feel like i have a lot of other things i would like to ask you about and pick yeah. your brain on and
2: just to get yeah to get out more information to the community and so people have that resource of getting stuff out yeah it's and great.
0: honestly th- it's it's not our district and things like that i actually have reached out to uh to you know the other guy who's 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 also running, and it's always an option for anybody. We we're not we don't. Pick we
2: just s- want to get the information. We out. just want to Absolutely. get any that's that's information
0: Absolutely. out. This yep. isn't about. Uh, it's not what, what we think or, or what or, we
2: want. We just want to get the no, real information out. That's we just it. want
0: to have conversations and and share that with the community and provide a platform where sure. where that can happen. So um, anyway, that's how that works there. So thank you so much for spending this early early hour with us here at uh, the uncle sam's <laughs> complex here in downtown columbus <laughs> cody i totally enjoyed it it's been yep. a great time but thank you so much for thank having you. me. awesome we'll uh we'll do this again soon